You're listening to Holistic Business Matters with Helen Harding, the show for complementary practitioners, therapists and coaches wanting to run their business in their way. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Holistic Business Matters. I'm Helen Harding and this week I've got an interview for you with an incredible practitioner who has built a livelihood based on their skills, their knowledge, their experience, the way that they work with clients. So I'm just going to go straight into the interview with Vivian Campbell. So Uh, Today I've got a real treat for you. We are joined by Vivian Campbell who is a medical herbalist, a forager and a natural cosmetic maker and she was also a case study in my book recently so I've invited her along to the podcast so that she can come and share some of her wisdom with us. So hi Vivian. Hi thanks for having me Helen. (laughs) Uh, It's brilliant, it's brilliant, thanks for coming. Well, you do some amazing work and you've made a living as a practitioner, which is what so many of the audience want to do. So I want to sort of talk to you about what you do and what inspired you and things like that. But do you want to start by just giving us a little bit of an overview of what you do? Yeah, um, what I do now is very different to what I did when I started, when I qualified and I set up, and completely different to what I thought I would do and end up working in with it. So um, it's 20 years ago I was studying, and it was 2003 when I qualified. And yeah, this is what I do. This is pretty much all I've done ever since that time. And uh, there have been Uh, all sorts of ups and downs with it and challenges with it and good points with it and um, I've ended up going in I don't think I would have put money on me working in any of the areas I work in now (laughs) but back then no no just foraging uh, any of them actually so it's been lovely to reflect on it all for this actually yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as well as being a practitioner, you also teach, you yeah. make cosmetics, you forage, you're a presenter, you're a writer. You've done loads of different things, haven't you, in your career as a herbalist? I have. And I, I didn't go looking for any of them. And I didn't um, do lots of marketing in that I sent loads of press releases or wrote to lots of people saying please put me in this please hire me please here's this it didn't happen like that for me at all Um, it was the other way Um, I did put myself out there as a practitioner when I set up my clinic Hmm. and everything has come from from that really Um, so and just working really really hard there I, I think I'd like to get across to people that it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You do need to work really, really hard at it and for a very long time. And uh, so I did set up a clinic from scratch and I did run it full time for several years. Uh, it, it, It went, I took a complete break from it at one point and then it went part time. And, um, 
and with the online, I, I started teaching online. I actually started learning to do that in 2014, so six years ago. Yeah. And I produced my first online course in 2015 and they're proper professional online courses. So, I mean, I, I've got that as well, which obviously has completely come, in, come into its own in the current situation with the pandemic where, you know, most stuff in person is off. But again, with that, that's not quick either. That that's something that's a that's a long term thing to build too. So, um, maybe we'll talk about different yeah. aspects yeah. of it in the com- process of this conversation. But nothing is fast. Yeah. Nothing is cheap. Nothing is easy. And everything comes from doing what you do, what you love, and doing it really well. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. Is practitioners come out of their schools assuming that you know give it a month or two and they're going to be flying and actually it takes a lot of work and marketing's a long-term game as well so okay let's take you back to when you first started how how do you think you got your first clients how did you find those first few clients that okay that was actually easy so what I did uh, I didn't do it I don't have a brain where I can uh scheme (laughs) and and, um, my brain doesn't work that way so I tend to follow my instinct uh, uh, about what I can feel are good decisions Uh, and I'm actually much better but I'm 20 years into it now now I'm at a level where I can plan and have I don't even want the word targets but aims you know yeah but what I did was I um, I grew up in Scotland. I studied in, in uh, Lancashire and I, I moved to Ireland to set up my clinic. Now, Ireland was somewhere where I'd spent a lot of time and had all sorts of connections and, and loved and I just knew yeah. I wanted to live there. So I moved because my heart and soul told me to do that. But what I didn't realise, and this is really relevant to your question, is that it was a great place at that time to set up as a herbalist because in Ireland, we don't have the NHS. Now that has, everything's got positives and, and negatives yeah. of situations. Yeah. So um, the there are huge drawbacks to not having access for everybody to free healthcare. It's a, it's a huge, there's huge problems with that. But the, the flip sides of that as a, a, are in terms of health of the population is that people are more likely to use their own remedies at home first. So they, okay. they are healthier because yeah. they're not just going to, to get a free consultation and a free antibiotic because it's free. And also people are more likely to pay for a consultation with somebody other than a doctor because they've got to pay for the doctor and they've got to pay for the prescription anyway. So I didn't know that when I yeah. moved here. Uh, and I and the other thing that I, that I didn't plan to do, but happened by accident was when I came over to look at where I was setting up, I, I went into the health food shop. I said what I did. They said, oh, it's great. We need another herbalist. Um, there's somebody in the county who I'm great friends with, actually, but she had a really long waiting list and she absolutely encouraged me to set up here as well. And we became great backup for each other, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I said, you know, where do you think? And health food shop suggested a clinic. And and I just walked around the town and I stumbled yeah. into what was a chiropractor's. And I said, I was just wondering, actually, if you've got rooms to rent. 
And anyway, long story short, I ended up in there. So that worked really well because that clinic was all physical therapy. So it was people doing physio, uh, massage uh, and chiropractic work. So they were doing anatomy and then I was doing physiology basically, you know, in terms of what's going on in the body. So my first referrals came from being somewhere, being in the clinic from other practitioners. And this is the really key point for those of you that are setting up other practitioners where our work complemented each other didn't clash you know so I was the only one in there doing internal medicine and I wasn't coming in offering something that was similar to them you know that was actually the same for me I when I first worked um within personal development I worked from an osteopath's clinic so they got me my first clients as well so it's those collaborations that are just a brilliant way to to find clients yeah, they are. Uh, great. Yeah. And also those relationships, you know, you, you, you just grow so much with those relationships with other practitioners. So how do you think um, your approach to business, where everything started to move to providing different types of services and different trainings? How do you think that approach has really supported your business? I think it makes you more sustainable because it makes you more resilient because when something significant happens, you've got you've got an alternative to turn to. And this is where I would like to offer caution about business advisors, because there were there were lots of times for me over the last 20 years where I really needed the right advice and I and I really needed needed help for developing different things, but I couldn't get it. And I did get business advice, and I knew that it was wrong. And I thought it, it does. I'm it, this isn't what I need, and not just that. I, I know this is completely wrong. What you're telling me, and a lot of business advice I would get was, "You're doing too many things. You you have to focus on on one thing and just go do down this one thing. You're doing you know ten different jobs, and it's too spread out and um, there are so many different times where I've looked back and thought, wasn't I wise not to follow that advice? Um, because, I mean, again, to, to look at the pandemic, it's absolutely come into its own yeah. um, because I've developed the online side. But I've, I kept all these different things going mm. um, because I live in a small country. Now, this is if you're getting advice, get advice that is specific to you and your circumstances. So I don't live in London. My clinic isn't in London. If you're in a place with a huge population, then what you can do is you can specialise, you know. Um, Whereas I'm in a country where the the population of the entire country that I live in is only about one million more than the population of Manchester, okay? So things things go from there being very little in the area to there being to being saturated in the area very quickly um, because of the small population. So I do, I have had to keep adapting and developing and expanding for those reasons. And also because, um, because it's a small place, the highs are higher. So the boom was, the, the boom was, you know, the Celtic Tiger, it was yeah. massive here. And then the crashes are lower. And um, so, for example, it was, it was easy, not, not that I sought it out, but it was easy for me to end up on television because it's a small population. They were looking for a female herbalist. They were some, you know, somebody said, well, you should go and look at Vivian. Um, whereas that's, that's 
you know, much harder to happen in a popul in a country with a population of 70 million people. But yeah, um, but you know, um, you need to keep adapting in a small place, and that's why I I that's one of the reasons I have I've had so many different things on the go. But I think also having those different income streams, like you say, it gives you sustainability. So if one thing yeah. doesn't work, you've got something else coming in. You're not yeah. just relying on one bucket. Yeah. And I think that's that's important. And it's also knowing your market because you yeah. profile as a practitioner within herbal medicine and you you educated people about it. Um, so yeah. people understand herbal medicine. And I think that's really important as well, is it's educating your audience about what you can do. Definitely. And I to go back to the clinic, the, the other way I built it up, and it was the guy that ran the clinic that suggested it to me, he said, go out and do talks. He said, yeah. go and hire a room in the local hotel, advertise it and do talks. And I'd done a lot of public speaking anyway before. So, so I did that. And I mean, I remember it cost me 300 euros to give these talks. Uh, between hiring the room and the advert in the local paper and some posters and stuff so I mean it was a lot of money yeah. um, but it was absolutely worth it I, I've got no trouble public speaking and uh, that I didn't do slideshows or anything I just stood at the front of a room and talked to I mean 50 or 60 people would turn up to them uh, they were they were busy and then I got educated clients, you know, so, you know, because they came in with a realistic expectation yeah. of what a consultation would be like and, you know, how long it was likely to take the medicine to work. Whereas, you know, I've done interviews on radio and things and yet what you get from that are phone calls from people looking for, you know, magic beans, yeah. a, a quick fix and, uh and so, I mean, it's like, I used to just find that a, a complete waste of time. Um, it's 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 um, one of these things that's worthwhile in terms of profile, but yeah. it's not something that brings people to you who are prepared to do the work because there's not enough. They're not they're not educated to a level yeah. where they understand what it is first of all. So for me personally, talks worked really well, and then yeah, classes and walks and courses yeah. absolutely yeah. But also, I think, it again, it's about building relationships and connection. Mm. And when you're giving talks, people get a sense of who you are and how you approach things and if they like their, your style. So I think all of that comes across and, and people just get to know you and then they start to trust you, which is where yeah. the basis of all of your work is isn't yeah. it? You need your clients and your patients to trust you. So absolutely. And my online work was based on that too. So yeah. when I launched my online work, you see most people who were on my tiny mailing list at, at that time, I mean, it was hundreds rather than thousands, yeah. were people who I'd met face to face who'd come to talks and walks and demos and all sorts of things over the years. So I was launching to people who knew me, uh, and not to email addresses that I'd stolen. You know, I mean, a lot of the email collection techniques that you're told to do online, I've got no time for those. I, I think they're they 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 are a waste of time, and it's it's um, they're a bit vanity. <laughs> How big your mailing list is, rather than because it's not true connection, and it's easy to send you know emails to thousands and thousands of people but it means nothing if hardly anybody opens them and reads them it's yeah. just nonsense so um it, 
so it is all about genuine relationships and and I didn't set out I just set out with myself and cared about what I was doing and and I worked really hard it's it's so obvious to people when you work really hard and you genuinely care about things and you're not looking at them going how can I get them to buy stuff how do I you know it's it's just such a different approach it's so authentic and and integrity shines through you know so and I think you having that sustainability in your business means you're not working from a place of desperation Mm. I think that makes a huge difference because it means you can do your work in the way that is better for everybody yeah yeah, and I have worked, I know what you're describing, I have worked from uh, desperation strong, but really adverse yes, circumstances. It was, it, was, it was dire here during the recession. It's hard to find the words to describe how hard it was. And, uh, you know, long-term family businesses where I live that had been going for decades, generations, mm. closed down, you know, so... So, inst- so for me at the time, uh, it was such a scramble to 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 get the bare minimum, yeah. you know. But actually, looking back on it now, it, out the other side of it, I actually look back and go, "Goodness, didn't I do well? All these other things have yeah. gone, or all these projects that I know got big grant funding and support and things from uh, different enterprise schemes that I, I've seen go as well. So." It, it's re- there's things that you're responsible for and there's circumstance yeah. and it helps to be able to distinguish between those and it's quite often you can't see the wood for, for the trees because when things are very very difficult like it is just now for yeah. lots of people and believe me I feel for people just now um but it, it, with reflection you could you'll probably find you're doing better than than you actually realize you know yeah and I think sometimes these challenging times, like you say, they they make you really look at what you do and how you do it. Yeah. And although it feels horrible in that moment, when you come out the other side, you've streamlined everything. You've cut out all of the unnecessary. Yeah. And your business is more reflection on you. So, you know, I think there will be much as it's hard now, and especially for people that have to work in person. Yeah. I think when we come out the other side, it's it's just going to make for a totally different way that we we work. Yeah. Brilliant. So, I mean, in hindsight, then, is there anything you would have done differently? Oh, definitely. Uh, um, I had kind of tunnel vision I think when I qualified about what I thought I would be doing it was all about the clinic and it was all really serious and I mean part of that was the way I was but part of that as well was the training you know herbal medicine trade herbal medicine is really opening up now it's just blossoming and um and there's all sorts of different ways of learning about herbs now, different levels, home use, working with plants, apprenticeships, foraging. You know, back, it was over 20 years ago, I was looking for a course and all there were were degrees or, or practitioner yeah. training and they were very serious and they were all geared towards running a clinic. So I had my blinkers on and I missed or didn't make the most of opportunities yeah. that were um, lighter because I felt 
I felt the burden of the responsibility to help people who were in dire straits, I think. Uh, And most of my clinical work was really heavy going and was really serious. The clinical book I'm writing for right that I've got a contract for is actually on for practitioners about helping people through trauma helping clients through trauma so it I did a lot of really heavy duty work in my clinic and I think especially when you see need and you know that or that you've got tools that were that are likely to help people then you can feel very that that's all you should be doing you feel very in terms of your sorry you can feel very responsible yeah yeah, and I have, I've 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 always had a lot of responsibility, so that was there in my character anyway. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I but what you have to do if you're a practitioner in in uh, not not in a medical centre, not as part of a an official medical um, system, government medical system is. If you're in a team, if you're a doctor or a nurse or or, or whatever it is, or social worker, you are in a team, yeah. and other people will carry you. If you need, to, if you're sick or you're you're um, on maternity leave or or someone in your family is sick and you've got yeah. to pick up more at home than other people in your or you have a bereavement, other people in your team will help and carry you as you will for other people in your team. Yeah. When you work for yourself, this is so important you've got to become your own team and you've got to balance it and you've got to balance it I think through your work so for me I had too much of the heavy duty stuff and I remember at one point I mean I got really burnt out and I remember just thinking I got into this because I'm really really into health and I'm, I'm I'm locked in all week with the and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, um, but the mentality of disease. Yeah. Uh, and I needed, so I decided to rejig it and and cut back the clinical hours and do more of the teaching. Okay. And that really helped because that is, first of all, it's so empowering to show people how to do the, you know, everyday ailments, stuff at home. So yeah. I started with one class a year back in 2004. And I remember by... I think it was 2012 I had 17 classes on yeah. that year and you know and I was going yeah. all over the country teaching and because uh, there weren't very many people teaching back then here um so but you have to balance it within yourself so you know and I've spoken to a colleague who works in palliative care and she just said yeah it's it's you know I'm in a palliative care team and then I lost somebody in my life to cancer and you know how difficult it was for her yeah. so you have to balance it yourself because things happen to you in life the same way that they happen to your clients so treat yourself with the same kindness and honesty that you would treat your clients yeah you know but but you need to balance it with things that are lighter and to be perfectly honest easier yeah you know yeah. Oh, I think that's such good advice because, like you say, you you end up trying to help everybody else, and sometimes your health suffers. Definitely, yeah. In yourself first, so you're not practicing what you preach. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So, if um, if people want to come and find you and find out about the work you do and your trainings and all of that, where's the best place for them to find you? Oh, just my website. Everything's on there. Um, theherbalhub.com um or uh, I'm on Facebook and uh, Instagram 
uh, and uh, YouTube as well. I don't. I, I must put more stuff on YouTube. I, I've just. <laughs> I just got so much to do all the time. They've never finished. You no. know, it's never finished. Remember that there's always an enormous to do list. You just, it's like working in a cafe. There are just always dishes to do. Take your break and eat your lunch while it's hot, and then go back and do it. <laughs> go back and, and do it's it. Never perfect. <laughs> it's, it never ends. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll put links to all of that in the, the show notes. I mean, thank you so much for, for coming on today and, and sharing your wisdom with us. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, and I just wish everybody luck who's doing this, you know, um, review it. I know at the beginning, everybody's just desperate to get clients and experience. Um, but you'll get to a stage then, it doesn't actually take that a huge amount of numbers to be full in your yeah. clinic you know it just takes longer than you think it will to build but but um do what you do with passion and love and integrity and hard work and I don't see how that can go wrong brilliant yeah. brilliant thanks so much you're very welcome thanks for having me <laughs> thank you I hope you enjoyed my chat with Vivian as much as I enjoyed speaking to her. She's such an inspirational practitioner and just shows you what's possible with hard work and doing the things that are right for you as well. So I will put links in the show notes to Vivian so you can go and check her out and all of her amazing courses. And for a full blog post, show notes and links, visit helenharding.co.uk forward slash podcast 38. And if you did enjoy this show, please subscribe. And I'd really appreciate it if you took a couple of minutes to leave me a review because it's going to help this show to get noticed. So until next time, take care and I'll speak with you soon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, come and join me in our Facebook group, Holistic Business Matters, and join our community of like-minded practitioners, coaches, and therapists, and be inspired and supported to create your business in your way. 